to Fancy Town Crimes Podcast, a podcast about crimes in fancy towns told by middle-class broads. All right, well, hello, everybody. Hey, guys. This is Megan. And this is Taylor. And it's Fancy Town Crimes. Oh, boy, does it feel good to be recording again? I know it's been a hot minute since we recorded. Literally has been a hot minute since we recorded. I uh I'm I'm excited about it. I feel like there's been lots of like true crime updates since we've been away from Mm -hmm. uh, the pod. Mm -hmm. There's a whole stuff whole thing with Kristen Smart that's been going on that's been just wild. I I hadn't heard so I didn't know about that case at all. We're going to definitely have to cover it. Um, I think I think that would be a really interesting case to cover, especially now that they've made some discoveries. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, if you're not familiar with that, that case, there's, there's a ton in the news right now about it and about a potential conviction. And it, back in March, they were digging up um, the yard of the person that they are suspecting uh to look for remains so that's like all over tiktok so mm-hmm. there's uh there's a lot of foot with that. tiktok for hard-hitting news yeah that's where i get all my info is from <laughs> tiktok honestly you're such a sheeple <laughs> i know look at me look at me but i am excited for what so Megan texted me and so she was like so we were going to Chicago and I knew we were going to Chicago and she was like I want you to research the musical (laughs) Chicago and I was like what what does that mean oh yes my dear so I was I'm like I've been telling everybody I'm like I've been researching the the musical Chicago and I don't know what's gonna happen but I'm so interested (laughs) Oh, trust me. I've been telling everybody too. I'm so excited to tell this story because it's, I was actually, when I was doing this the other night, I was jamming out listening to the Chicago soundtrack from the 2002 movie. So So good. good. Love it. Gonna have to watch the movie because I was texting poor Brandon all about my research. He's never seen the movie and he's super supportive, but like True crime isn't his favorite thing on the planet. He's more into Marvel and all of that shit, Star Wars and everything. Totally. So God love that man for humoring me as at 7 a.m. the next morning on my way to work, I was like, and then this, and then this, and then this. But you guys will love it and you're here for it. So I'm excited to tell you about it. Totally going to love it. That was like me. I was telling my in-laws I'm up here uh, at at their lake house for the week and I was telling them about Chicago and they haven't seen it either. And I was like, oh my goodness, I thought, everyone had seen it at this point but now I have to watch it so I'm excited and my husband also just brought me some wine so I'm very happy oh Jeff he can't hear me but he he cannot he can he can hear me in spirit he can hear you in spirit and Brandon just brought Megan some wine or is bringing her some wine so we're we're all ready to go we have radical feminist partners and yeah dig every second of it (laughs) cheers to that cheers to that actually what are you drinking uh so i am actually drinking a wink wine um mm. i am drinking it is called point de passage mm. uh it's a 
red blend uh, from France. It's a, I think it's a Syrah Grenache blend. It is delectable. It is really, really good. It's like, it's, I'm not a uh, super like fruity uh, red person. So like California reds are usually too like big and fruity for me. I'm big into French wines. Um, and I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of you a know, wine snob. You know so much about wine. And when you just told me it was a blah, 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 I was like, so sensual. I don't know what it is. They sit here with my fucking Boda box. <laughs> you know what? Whatever gets the job done. That's the story of my life. <laughs> and we're how long into a pandemic? That is so true. Whatever gets mm-hmm. the job done. Yes, girl. Yes. But yeah, if you're looking for, um, something to make you relax after a long day of work uh boda box pinot boom way to it's the the way to way to go and the way to be i don't know if i've ever had boda box honestly it's honestly for it's i mean it's technically boxed wine it's not it's not that same typical like boxed wine where it comes in that bag yeah boxed wine has like it's upgraded oh for sure. Mm-hmm. Actually, Brandon told me that one of the reasons why there's so many twist-off caps now for wine is because there's a cork shortage. Correct. Yep. Never knew that. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? So the uh, the old world wines are fighting it, but obviously there's only so much you can do. I kind of appreciate a twist-off cap because I can't figure out how to use a wine opener mm. for the life of me. Well, you know, actually, um, there's great benefits to uh, a twist off too, because they don't tend to get corked because there isn't a ton of oxygen entering into the bottle, which then um, makes the, the, it like be a bad bottle. And like, so if it tastes kind of like vinegar, like red wine vinegar, you know, it's gone bad. And that happens when there's just too much oxygen basically in the wine. And so twist, twist offs actually help, help to prevent that. So there are benefits to a twist off caps agreed that is our wine segment (laughs) (laughs) megan knows nothing taylor knows everything (laughs) about everything i really need to brush up on my i've been giving a wine wisdom amazon lives three times a week recently okay uh, give me a fucking i don't know that much i've had to look up a lot because i'm like i don't have enough quite enough to talk about for (laughs) three times a week have you you haven't seen the office have you yes Oh, you have. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember the episode where it's Phyllis's wedding mm-hmm. and Michael like wants to be a part of it? Mm-hmm. So rem- remember when he's holding the wine and he's like, <laughs> he takes a sip of it. He's like, this is a white. <laughs> That's like, I, me. I, I know a lot about wine. <laughs> this is a white. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, 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 oh my gosh. So, so good. I actually uh, just spoke to a wine app company earlier today uh, about their wine app. And it, based on your wine selections, it recommends wines for you. Mm-hmm. And um, it's like super cool. And so we were talking about how like the neat thing is that regardless of whatever your taste in wine is, you can always find something for you because like there's just always something that fits everybody's needs. And that's the beauty of wine. Well, I cannot wait for, so Brandon's parents are moving up this way. And his parents are hardos into wine. Mm -hmm. I really, and his mom is like, someday we'll go to like Napa. I'm like, yes. Yes, girl, yes. And you can come, I'm sure I can tote you along too. Girl, I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, well, in the meantime, let's head on over to uh, Chicago. Chicago. So my sources uh, for my little bits on Chicago are Wiki, of course, uh, Neighborhoods, Wiki, 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 Neighborhoods.com, ChicagoCurb.com, and ProhibitionTours.com. Oh, yeah. So Chicago is the most populous city in the U.S. uh, state of Illinois, and it is the third most populous city in the United States. That was misleading. I know. Sorry. The most populous in the U.S. city uh, or state of (laughs) Illinois. (laughs) My bad, everyone. Uh, It is the third most populous in the U.S. It has an estimated of 2.6 million people as of 2019, and it is also the most populous city in the Midwest. Um, Chicago is the country, uh, excuse me, is the county seat of Cook County, the second most populous county in the U.S., where a small portion of the city's O'Hare airport also Mm. extends into DePage County. Chicago is the principal city of the Chicago metropolitan area defined as either the either the U.S. Census Bureau's metropolitan statistical area. It's a statistical area, guys. Oh, yep. You know, it's rich. You know, it's rich or the combined statistical area often called Chicago land. Oh, look at that. Yeah, it uh, it's constituents and its constituents. Nope. It constitutes the third most populous urban area in the United States after New York City and L.A. This was an interesting factoid that I found. Chicago actually has the third largest LGBTQ plus population in the United States. In 2015, roughly 4% of the population identified as LGBTQ plus. Interesting. I thought you know what the first two are? Just the third. Nope, I just know that it's the third. <laughs> is San Francisco the first? It might be. San Francisco might be first, right? It might be first. I was going to say Toronto, but that's not in the U.S., so never No, mind. but Toronto does have that huge population. Shout out to Sean and Billy. Hey, guys. We, <laughs> we do. We're coming to Toronto when I know. This I can't is wait. Over. When this is over. So <laughs> the racial composition of the city um, as of 2019 is 44.9% white. 32.9% black, uh, 13.4% other races, 5.5% Asian, uh, and 2.7% two or more races, 0.5% American Indian, to do 21.4% uh, oh boy, wow, these are a lot of things, Mexican, 3.8% Puerto Rican, 0.7% Guatemalan, 0.6% Ecuadorian, 0.3% Cuban, 0.3% Colombian, 0.2% Honduran, 0.2% Salvadorian, 0.2% Peruvian. <laughs> I appreciate their their detail. Yes, thank you for breaking that down. I don't think that we have any don't Pacific Islander. No, we're still going to shout out The Rock, though, because oh I my God. really want him to acknowledge <laughs> us one day and maybe even come on. The Rock, can you come on, please? Please. <laughs> Do you smell what The Rock is cooking? Mr. The Rock. <laughs> Mr. The Rock, please. Mr. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, please. Um, so, doop-be-da-bop-bop. So, overall... The median home value in Chicago is 242000 according to Zillow. Um, however, the Chicago Loop area is the zip code with the highest median home price at $1.7 million. For median? 
median. Shut up. Yes, girl. Oh. So here are two of the, I think there were like five, uh, five or seven um, wealthy areas that they had listed in Chicago. So the Gold Coast is um, the most, or excuse me, uh, as far as what people are making. So the income there averages at $153,000. <laughs> so Chicago, I feel like when you think about Chicago, I, I feel like I usually think about like the pizza. I definitely think about that. That's the first thing I think of when I think of Chicago. <laughs> but I usually think like that there's more depressed areas in the city. And so, you know, it's it's just generally kind of a more depressed city. But there are areas that are um, much wealthier. And guys, let's spread the wealth because Chicago needs it. Mm-hmm. So Megan also asked me to think about the 1920s not to think about it, but to research it. Uh, I often do think about the 1920s, but I'm going to tell you about what I researched. (laughs) So while the city uh, searched for a new identity uh, during prohibition or while prohibition loomed, there was a great migration that flooded into the Northern cities, which brought with it jazz. Mm-hmm. So it was the perfect storm and the perfect era to fall in love with Chicago. So Chicago, uh, jazz was a unique music um, to the time, but it was also part of the culture of Chicago. Um, it was known as the devil's music. Oh. Um, so legends like Louis Armstrong regularly played jazz joints in the South Side. Uh, he brought with him um, Joseph King Oliver, Baby Dodds, and Little Hardin. Um, and the city had a soundtrack to go with its gin. I I like oh, that. that comes up. Oh, girl, well, yeah. Not, not the soundtrack, but gin. But gin. Which I was like, why are they talking about gin so much? <laughs> I get it. <laughs> gin, yes. I should have oh, looked up a cocktail. Anyway. A gin and tonic. A gin keep and it, tonic. Keep it simple. Yep. So gin, your favorite gin with a little little seltzer, throw a lime Mm -hmm. in there. Good to go. Mm -hmm. Call it a day, guys. For sure. Some historians believe that Prohibition and Jazz both uh, migrated east and died when the Great Depression hit. But if you've been to Chicago, you know that's not true. Jazz blended into into blues and never really left Chicago. So that's the 20s as far as kind of a general overview of like the music and Prohibition and all that jazz and all that jazz jazz. start the car exactly so now to the musical Mm. so funny enough i was actually looking up prohibition which i should have done before this podcast started but here we are we're in it so literally prohibition was 1920 to january 17th 1920 to december 5th 33 in the midst like the depression started in 29 can you imagine going through the depression sans being able to go to a bar okay this is literally like going through the pandemic pregnant and not being able to drink oh my god i didn't think about that you do know what it's like i do know what it's like i lived it (laughs) (laughs) everybody else got trashed and i had to drink my seltzers (laughs) i was like <laughs> I just want to go. I remember when you got that fake wine. I was like, oh, this is getting bad. Yeah, it was really upsetting. It was very bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
So Chicago, the musical, is an American musical with music by John Kander, lyrics by Fred Ebb, and book by Ebb and Bob Foss. So set in Chicago in the jazz age, the musical is based on a 1926 play of the same name by reporter Maureen uh, Dallas Watkins about actual crimes and crimes on which she reported. The story is a satire on corruption in the administration of criminal justice and the concept of the quote unquote celebrity criminal. Mm-hmm. So think, uh, uh, what's his face? If, if the glove don't fit, oh, I must. Simpson. Thank you. I could not literally not think of his name. I kept wanting to say Michael Jackson and I was like, it's not Michael Jackson. Though, though, <laughs> though. <laughs> so. The original Broadway production opened in 1975 at the 46th Street Theater and ran for 936 performances until 1977. So it ran for two years and a lot of performances. Bob Foss choreographed the original production and his style is strongly identified with the show. It debuted in the West End in 1979, where it ran for 600 performances. Chicago was revived on Broadway in 1996 and a year later in the West End. So in 1996, Broadway, uh, in the 19, excuse me, in the 1996 Broadway production, um, it holds the record as the longest running musical revival and the longest running American musical in Broadway history. Wow. Yeah. It is the second longest running show to ever run on Broadway um, behind only Phantom of the Opera. Chicago uh, surpassed Cats on November 23rd, 2014, when it played its, wow, 7,486th performance. The West End revival became the longest running American musical in West End history. Chicago has been staged in numerous productions around the world and was and has toured extensively in the U.S. and the U.K., and the 2002 film version of the musical won the Academy Award for Best Picture. It was so good. It was so good. The music in that, in Chicago, is unmatched. It's wonderful. very good. And I will say this. So, listen to the case first, then watch the musical and have your mind fucking blown because guys i'm so much different that's the thing that blew me away is if you've seen chicago if you've well so i only know going off the movie but i'm sure the musical is very similar if you've seen it you're gonna be like holy shit it's this similar because usually it's like based loosely around (laughs) no sir it is not it is based solely around I am <coughs> so curious. Like I, it was everything I had in me to not look up what I like. I to look up more information. Let's leave it at that. It actually, you can still look it up after because there's more information that I couldn't include in this. I am sure because it, it's so. I focused on the two main characters, but actually, there's a couple of other people that this musical is based off of too. They're just not as large of characters. I'm I'm so excited. I can't wait. All right. So without further ado, this is the true story of the Chicago murderesses. Ooh, Earl. So of course, Wikipedia, Wikipedia King. Um, and then an article, the real story behind Chicago's Merry Murderesses, Roxy Hart and Velma Kelly by Christy Puchko and Chicagoology. 
was another one. Chicagoology. Chicagoology was really cool because it was actually the like it had copies of the newspaper articles from the twenties covering this case. I like it. I like it. So I love the twenties era. I really I love the fifties too. I really love them all. Um, so I do pull a lot of quotes because I just think it's so. It's so wild to be able to read what people wrote and how they spoke back then. So that always just super interests me. Oh, yes, I agree. And it's my podcast. So you have to listen. Uh, you have you to, don't have to, you but, have... You're, but you're here now and you're for it. <laughs> so you might as well stay, drink some wine, go along with it. Oh, uh, we're going to get some hate for that. But you know what? It's okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm cool with it. Just hate uh. on it. All right. So Chicago, as you said, was written by Maureen Dallas Watkins. It was so the original play. Uh, came out in 1927, which was not long after all of this stuff they were talking about took place. So she was a courthouse journalist for the Chicago Tribune covering these different murder trials. She did it for six months and then was like, fuck this. She left and wrote Chicago and made millions of dollars. What? Yep. Oh my god. Thank God she did because again, such a great movie. So good. So she covered the cases of Beulah Anon and Belva Gartner, providing a quote woman's angle for the cases. So that's what she was there to cover. Um these two women went on to inspire Roxy Hart and Velma Kelly in Chicago, who are in the movie, two of the main characters, um, I believe in the musical, they're two of the main characters. In the original play, Velma was actually more of a supporting character. Hmm. So, uh, Beulah, Beulah May Anon was born in Owensburg, Kentucky on November 18th, 1899 to Mary and John Sheriff. She married her first husband, Perry Stevens, while in Kentucky, but divorced him a year later. She met Albert Al Anon when she moved to Louisville. The two of them then moved to Chicago together. They got married on March uh, 29th, 1920. And after settling into their new home, Al found work as a mechanic at a garage. And he actually, he made good money for the time. It was like 50 or $60 a week, something like that, which is good nice. money for the time. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, allergies suck. Um, and she found work as a bookkeeper at Tenants Model Laundry. It was here that she met Harry Kelsted. So soon after she started working at her job and soon after she got married in 1920, she and Harry had an affair. <laughs> oh, well then. Here it is. Just, just this girl's just going for it, which like, okay, not the greatest thing to have an affair, not terrible yet. Here's where it gets terrible. So fast forward to April 3rd, 1924, and police are called to the Anon house because Harry had been shot and killed. Oh, good. Beulah told, <laughs> Beulah told police that she had been drinking wine that Harry had brought over and the two of them got into an argument. At some point during the argument, she and Harry both reached for the gun, the gun, the gun, the gun. Oh my God, this is making me want to watch the movie so bad. I'm telling you, the parallels are incredible. So the two of them reached for the gun, a 38 caliber revolver that was on the bed, 
Beulah got to it first and shot Harry. Interestingly, he was shot while putting on his coat and hat. So this man was thrown on his coat, thrown on his hat, reaching for the gun. <laughs> he was multitasking, the king of yeah. multitasking. Yeah. So Beulah admitted to playing the Foxtrot song, Hula Lou, over and over while drinking cocktails for four hours until Harry died. Ooh. Oh, oh, yeah. My. Oh, yeah. <laughs> At which point she called her husband to say that she killed a man who, quote, tried to make love to her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oof. You want to talk about cold-blooded? Oof. Oof. I'm going to play some music to drown out your gurgling. And sip some gin and tonics. Oh, the yeah. girl, what is going on? <laughs> yeah. So she claimed she had to shoot him to save her honor. She was okay. just 23 years old at the time of the crime. So she was arrested and charged with murder. Um, prosecutors believed that Harry wanted to end the relationship and she shot him in a jealous rage. Okay. Beulah's story changed a few times. The first story being an attempt to stop a potential rape. Okay. However, once she sobered up, she cried as she told police that she shot him because he threatened to leave her and she would rather have killed him than lose him. Uh Uh-huh. Her final story was that she told Harry she was pregnant. They struggled for the gun or they struggled. They like fought and then she reached for the gun. Oh, can you okay. see already the similarities between oh. the musical? Absolutely. I just literally I had to listen to the gun song. I was like, the gun, the gun, the gun, the gun. Um, this is terrible. Gosh, Somebody I, actually died, but the gun, the gun, the gun, the gun. I oh my gosh, I'm, I oh my gosh, yes, I can't wait to listen. I and I, listen. I want to watch it again. I'm really hoping it's on one of my streaming services because I need to watch it after this. A hundred percent. By the way, we need to figure out our streaming services for ourselves. Because I keep forgetting about that. Because we are sharing unless one of them <laughs> sponsors us because we are poor. <laughs> Please. We're just middle class broads. Agreed. Oh, I shouldn't say poor. We are middle class broads. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> that stimmy check helped a little though. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Okay. <laughs> so, and I just, I just made the cutoff. Teach your life. Never going to make that cutoff officially because I'm a fucking teacher. (laughs) So um, in a quote from Maureen Watkins story the day after the murder. So what she wrote in the newspaper, quote, they say she's the prettiest woman ever accused of murder in Chicago. Young, slender, with bobbed auburn hair, wide set, appealing blue eyes, which I have never heard someone describe eyes as wide set but no i thought you were going to say something else and i was confused when you said wide set eyes (laughs) wide set burthen hips i was like what (laughs) um appealing blue eyes an up-tilted nose translucent skin faintly very faintly rouge ingenious smile refined features intelligent expression and an awfully nice girl and more than usually pretty more than usually pretty Mm -hmm. 
Oh, so much it is it way. is good that we don't really describe murderers that way anymore yeah, right but then again it's like sometimes we kind of do with like the femme fatale and the, I you mean, know, whatever killer yeah absolutely we do 100 percent. like the american beauty killer and all. Mm-hmm. okay not too much has changed in a nope. hundred years like right. literally nothing has changed <laughs> So regardless of her appearance, the district attorney rushed an early trial and asked for the death penalty. Oh, my. Whether it was her appearance, attorney, or supportive husband, who, by the way, stood by her the entire time and paid for the best lawyers he could afford. Wow. On May 24th, 1924, she was acquitted of murder. Wow. Now, mind you, the crime was committed on April 3rd. And on May 24th, she was acquitted. That's, wow, that's fast. That is a rush trial. That is a rush trial. Yep. All right, so that was a minor uh, Ellie disturbance. (laughs) Girlfriend can't control her flailing arms and legs. No, she was, she wanted to unplug everything I had on the table and put it in her mouth. Remember when you used to be able to like, I don't know if you guys know this, but Taylor used to subtly breastfeed during our episodes, which I mean, I don't care, but like, it was like this, like best kept secret between the two of us. Now Ellie can't do that anymore because she's an animal. She's an animal. She just was so distracted the whole time. She would like start to like start to feed and then she would stop and like look at all the wires and be like mm, take this wire with me and i'm gonna put it in my mouth she literally ripped the mic off of the table i was like oh this is i was trying to keep going <laughs> you did a it great was job. so aggressive i couldn't i started dying it was very aggressive indeed girlfriend is an animal like an her animal. mother because she like does me. not get that from her father jeff yep. is like the loveliest man correct yes <laughs> no it's all from me it's all from me <laughs> okay so backtracking just a little bit so before being acquitted of murder in may she spent some time in cook county jail mm. I feel like Cook County is a very important county that comes up in a lot of cases. I think there's a lot of Cook Counties, though, too. Oh, just kidding. Yeah. Um, good point. Good so, point. You make a good point. A fairly common name, but that's okay. So anyway, it was at this time that somebody else was at the Cook County Jail, Belva Gartner. Mm. Girl. who was the inspiration for Velma Kelly which I think it's so cool that their name is Belva and Velma like sounds so similar it does 100% so Belva was born September 14th 1884 in Litchfield Illinois to Mary Jane and Charles M. Boo Singer Boo Singer Boo Singer I really like that last name that's a good one so she was a thrice divorced cabaret singer <laughs> As went, one should be. Who went by the stage name Belle Brown. Belle Brown. Her first marriage was to a man named Mr. Overbeck. No first name. Literally Mr. Overbeck. Ah, I see. I hope, I hope his first name was Mr. <laughs> <laughs> that would be ideal. So, so she married him for an undisclosed amount of time. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> 
followed by William Gartner in 1917. So William was a wealthy industrialist and was 20 years her senior. Five months, bef- five months after their marriage, William sued to have the marriage annulled, which it was actually annulled, <laughs> claiming that Belva's first divorce wasn't finalized. <laughs> Belva was just kind of living her life. Belva was like, whatever, <laughs> doing what the fuck I want to do. Doesn't matter. So, but then William and Belva married a second time and then separated again. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well then. Because Belva ended up in Cook County Jail for murder of her boyfriend, Walter Law. Walter was a married father of one, a car salesman. He was also 29, making him about 10 years younger than her at the time. Which, get it, girl. And that's the only time I'll say this because she she fucking killed him. So, like, get it, girl. Yeah, so that's not so great. (laughs) So, Walter was found dead in the front seat of Belva's car on March 11th, 1924. He was found with a bottle of gin and a gun lying next to him. So this was the interesting thing was they kept, there were so many articles bringing up alcohol, 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 because it was prohibition. Yeah. So um, at the time of his death, oh, he was, we already said that he was married. Uh, the story from the inquest that Watkins reported on was, quote, in the article, she said, Belva and Walter got drunk at the Ginham Cafe, they drove right. home. The car was found in the front of her house. Law's body was hanging over the steering wheel with her gun on the floor. She was found in her apartment. Her clothes were covered in blood. And she basically said she was so drunk that she couldn't remember anything. But she had said that at the cafe law had proposed they flip a coin Mm -hmm. to see who should have the first shot at each other but she talked him out of the idea okay okay weird weird detail but okay okay (laughs) i talked him out of it then shot him (laughs) okay so during the inquest um which basically was like, should she be indicted or not? A friend of Walter's took the stand and said, quote, Walter told me Monday that he had planned to take out more life insurance because Mrs. Gartner threatened to kill him. Three weeks before, he told me she locked him in her flat with her and threatened to stab him with a knife unless he stayed there. Oh my gosh. He told friends he was afraid of her for good reason Mm -hmm. and apparently tried to leave her multiple times, but she wouldn't let him go. Wow. Walter also told told his friend that his love of gin and women would probably be the end of him. (laughs) Sounds like it. (laughs) Which it's just, it's so interesting that gin keeps coming up and it makes sense that like gin is the, you know, what you found with Chicago. Yeah, absolutely. I never knew that. I had no idea. So the prosecution believed that Belva killed Walter because he tried to end their relationship. They argued that she likely tried to get Walter to come into the apartment. He refused. And because he remembered the time that she locked him in there. (laughs) And when he refused, she shot him. Which I'd be really interested to see how they came to that conclusion instead of like, I can see, I can understand her shooting him because she was like, you're trying to leave me fuck you especially because they both had had a good amount to drink 
but I just love that they're like she probably tried to bring him in and he said no and she was like fuck you boom done <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like oh we got some editorializing there with that circumstantial case absolutely all right we're painting a little picture for ourselves here <laughs> So she was represented by a team of three attorneys who were hired by her ex-husband, William. These Uh men, I'm telling you, wrapped around their fingers. It's wild to me. Interesting. And I also be like, girl, what was it? Was it the concealer? Was it the rouge? Like, I know. Like, what was like, something was like really doing it. (laughs) I mean, damn, like both these husbands are, are, and ex-husband. Yeah. Like, get me a little of that. Whatever that is, get me a little of that. I love Brandon, but I think if I murdered somebody and he was like, (laughs) girl, you like legit murdered him. He'd be like, "Mm, that's going to be a no for me, dog. No, if I want to pay for that lawyer, (laughs) it's like, that's just expensive. (laughs) This is kind of adding up here. <laughs> You're fucking expensive. We're not even together anymore. Jesus Christ. He's like, but I can't, I can't stay away. I have to say yes. <laughs> Literally, that's what it was like. So the manager at the club that they were at testified for the defense. So apparently, or he, I mean, he, he testified. I, I think he testified for the defense because he was really helping Belva out. Sure. So apparently Belva had danced with him that night, which caused some tension between her and Walter. Oh, scandal. God. So he said he was shocked this happened because they seemed like a nice couple. Oh, shame. <laughs> he also denied there was any gin at the club, just ginger ale. That's the best line of the whole thing. He's like, well, I can't get the club shut down. So like they had ginger ale. Gin? Did you think I said gin? I said ginger ale. <sighs> ginger ale making people bat shit up in this Oh bitch. my mm-hmm. gosh. So, <laughs> um, her defense team argued that uh, Walter may have died by suicide. And Belva herself is quoted as saying, no man can ever, or sorry, no woman can ever love a man enough to kill him. They aren't worth it because there's always plenty more. Girl, you should have taken your own advice. Because like agreed, but like you should have taken your own advice. Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. She went on to say, Walter was just a kid, 29 and I'm 38. Again, if you didn't kill him, get it. Okay. Gin and guns, either one is bad enough, but together they get you in a dickens of a mess, don't they? <laughs> they do get you in a dickens Girl of a mess. Girl killed him and just threw it on him. <laughs> oh. like, mm. I was drinking, I was drinking my ginger ale and he was having gin, so I don't know what the fuck his deal is. <laughs> it's definitely a him problem. <laughs> it's definitely a you problem. Which it ended up being a him problem because she was also found not guilty on June 6, 1924. Oh my gosh. Wild, right? That is Honestly, wild. wild. So, and I, I was talking to Brandon about this because he was like, God, you could like never get away with this stuff now. And while I would argue it's much harder to get away with murder, there are many instances still where people are famous or beautiful and they get away with it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So after the acquittals for both women, Beulah left her husband the next day. 
the day after she was acquitted, this man who stood by her. But oh, listen, listen, wow. I'm a raging feminist. It's not often I'm standing up here and I'm like, this poor white man, but this poor white man. Wow. Literally. Heartless. She left That's him. cold. That's cold. He paid for everything for the lawyer. She cheated on him, killed her lover, and then she left him. And she announced, I have left my husband. He is too slow. Too slow? Like, like you know, he... Like he's not smart enough? Correct. <gasps> oh, that is very, very rude. <laughs> I mean, so is murdering somebody. Well, that too. <laughs> She's just a very bad person. That is the rudest thing she could have done. <laughs> the worst thing I could do. But isn't it wild that she was like, I killed him this way. No, I killed him this way. No, I killed him this way. And she got away with it. That's just, that's baffling. Which I... is, so if wow. you have not, if you have not seen Chicago, again, you probably should have watched it before this episode. But when Roxy gets off, it's like you're like this is wild but it it happened. really happened that's wow and the whole like i'm pregnant from the jail cell i know that she i mean i don't think beulah said she was pregnant from her jail cell but the pregnancy thing thrown in the we both reached for the gun thrown in i i really need to rewatch this movie i'm like you know he was putting on his hat and his coat and they were both reaching for the gun not for nothing, but that defense only works for cops now. <laughs> Every single time, in fact. Um, he was running away, but looking very threatening at his pace. <laughs> was very scared of his back. Honestly, it's fuck. I don't even mean to laugh at it because it's so fucking terrible. It's but so hey, horrific. Look, we might actually have a case where a cop gets held accountable for doing shitty stuff. And thank you to all the cops who don't do shitty stuff. Okay. Oh god. Yeah. So she's a douche. She leaves him. She went on to Bo marry show. again. Okay, maybe just stop marrying. Like, maybe it's not for you. Like, maybe you get to a point. <laughs> who are these men flocking to her? Because, listen, I was on fucking Tinder for years, and she's like, oh, I killed some guy. And then this man's like, hello, madam. Sign me, sign me up for that. I. She must be wearing some sort of, like, magical perfume. Or she like, must be magical perfume. I Seriously, though. For, for real like there's something she's there's magic going on here so she marries edward harlieb a boxer in 1927 so again not long after three months after they get married she files for divorce claiming that he was cruel to her and she received five thousand dollars in the settlement so i mean maybe he was i don't know like i i tend to believe women when they say men are cruel yeah. but yeah but this is also a woman who's kind of a super douche, like a super yeah. exception to the rule. But there's something there's something he very well could have been. Yeah. For so sure. She got five thousand dollars in the divorce. Do you want to guess how much that's worth today? Let's say three hundred thousand. Uh, no, not that much. Oh, OK. I but it's still, it's still good. Like drop it, drop it to below 100. Oh, OK. Like 50,000. 74. That's, I mean, for how long were they married? Three months. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, that's a pretty good turnaround, honestly. Like, your ROI on that, pff, real good. <laughs> that's a good-ass investment there, honey. 
I mean, not for nothing, but getting out of jail for murder and then getting 74K in a divorce. I would say this woman is lucky, except for the next line I'm going to read. Oh, gosh. (laughs) She died of tuberculosis at the Chicago Fresh Air Sanatorium in 1928 at 28 years old. Oh, I remember reading things, I think, about the Fresh Air Sanatorium. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I'm sure they were great things. Sanatorium. It's sanatorium. Sanatorium. Sounds like an aquarium, so I kept saying it incorrectly. (laughs) Santa's Aquarium. Santa's Aquarium. So, Belva, you're going to die when you hear this. Belva remarried William Gartner again. Is this the third time? Correct. Oh, maybe just stay with him? But she's getting these really good, like, divorce settlements in between. So she's, like, she's like investing and then... Well, no, she's not the one who gets the divorce settlements. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, Eula... oh yes, yes, yes. We're going yeah. back to... Okay, got it, got it, got it. So now we're going back to Belva. So she remarries William Gartner, the same man, for the third time. Oh. And this is also the ex-husband who paid for the lawyer. So, I mean, this is honestly, I do feel for him. This is like textbook, like toxic. Like you can't let them go, you know? Yeah, oh, absolutely. So (sighs) they get married again. And then he files for divorce again in 1926 claiming that she had threatened to murder him after he found her with another man her with another man and she's like i'll fucking kill you and he's like i don't take that lightly okay (laughs) i just i can't i just cannot but then they don't get divorced or they get divorced and they stay together it's unclear but they move to europe together I I mean, it's textbook toxic. Like, that's what it is. for sure. (laughs) So they they moved to Europe for a while. And and then William died in 1948. And Belva moved to Pasadena, California to live with her sister. So Belva died of natural causes in 1965 at 80 years old. Wow. Mm -hmm. She attended the 1927 opening of Chicago the the play in chicago wow so the one that maureen was like hey y'all are doing some crazy shit i'm gonna write about you she went to it oh that's wild yeah maureen had some balls because i would be afraid of these women who got off yeah I would I be mean, nervous writing about a little them. Unpredictable. <laughs> just, well, are they unpredictable, or do you just know that they would murder you? Well, that's a good point. So they're actually very predictable. <laughs> but it's just predictable in a bad way. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, um, her again, like I said at the beginning, the original play, her character was not one of the main characters, like it was in the 2002 movie, but. Velma Kelly was still loosely based on her. So the kind of similarities are Velma was an entertainer who blamed her crime on jazz, guns, and liquor. And sure. there are there are other women who Chicago, the original play, was also based on as well. But those were like the two biggies there. And uh, that is the true 
pretty true story behind Chicago. Wow. Yeah. I, wow. I didn't realize how spot on. Yeah. <laughs> I just, wow. I thought it, wow. Mm-hmm. And like the time frame, I didn't realize it was all so close to the when the play came out and like. Oh, that is so neat. Thank you for covering those. I, I know. Like, I was now I'm like, oh. I don't think I'm ever gonna top this one. Like this was the one I had the most fun. That is and now, now sure. we all have to immediately go watch Chicago. Like yes, that's, do like, it. Absolutely. Do it. That's like a Friday night. So we're recording on Thursday. I think Friday night we're gonna have to watch Chicago. Cause I think Thursday night we're watching Chicago. That's a good point. I mean, we are supposed to get like six inches of snow today up here. So no, we're not. Uh huh. Up here, at least. I don't know about where you are, but where I am. Yep. Oh God, I'm supposed to drive to Maine tomorrow. Oh, girl. <laughs> I'm supposed to drive to Bangor, Maine tomorrow. Girl, I think we're supposed. To, I think Maine's supposed to be getting more than six inches. Uh, do you think it's actually gonna stick though nope you say no <laughs> you no. say no okay you say no well my parents were in Maine this weekend and they were on the lake up there and the lake was still frozen so thank fuck for four-wheel drive <laughs> yeah you might want to look up the weather uh soon i don't care i'm going i'm joking. <laughs> we are vaccinated we have four-wheel drive i don't care where we end up we are going <laughs> i will sleep in my goddamn car at this point bring a shovel that would just be my only <laughs> advice bring a shovel so i have there were a bunch of things like wait, directions i could have gone with chicago for Here this follow-up story there East I was and here, west. There, west, east, south, north. I was uh I was one of Kim Kardashian's children. I had multiple directions. <laughs> but I didn't. And instead I went and found this um interesting article by Urban Matter that was all about the five weirdest stories about Chicago. And I'm not gonna go over all five of them because it, they're very long. But um this one in particular, I thought was really good and really interesting. So I'm not going to read the title because it's going to give it away. So just going to. Okay, fair. Follow. So as far as weirdness goes, this one's hard to believe as it gets, considering its mystical, mythical implications. So we finally put a real life Batman to our real life Gotham City. No. <laughs> Over 50 sightings of flying human-like figures were reported in Chicago. Chicago. Uh, let me just verify when this article was published. 2018, so in 2017. It's Mothman. I don't know, girl. So... Uh, but, but And the numbers are already piling, and we're already piling up by the time this article was written in 2018. So, there are a few things uh, to consider if we're going to get real about this for a second. So, one, so do we believe anyone suggesting this is is legit? It's pretty strange that a bunch of people would organize a series of supposed sightings over the course of a year. I believe everything. Right? 
So at the same time, there's no connection between the sightings, except that they mostly happen over Lake Michigan. Mm. So another thing to wonder uh, is the, you know, were these people drunk, high, delusional, tired? I was going to say, is there a lot of hallucinogens there? I mean, was you it never a know. singular party where a lot of people looked up and went, holy shit, and it was a cloud? I mean, you know, <laughs> sometimes. Uh, beep, up, boop, bop, bop. So some appearances of this giant winged figure include it swooping down on walking passerbys, landing on top of cars with a large thud, taking off from the Sears Tower. Oh, wait, what? Flying low above the lake. And even doing an airborne dance with another flying humanoid. Okay, I'm sorry. All right, that those people were high. <laughs> okay, I will take the <laughs> other shit. Those people, they took it too far. You were too high, honey. So 50, 50 sightings in 2017 of this flying humanoid in Chicago. What? 50. So guys, I don't know. But there could be a flying humanoid in Chicago. So do did we find the real Gotham City? Is this someone trying to protect us? Is this someone trying to hurt us? Is this someone who just wants to fly? Is this someone? Is this something? someone or something? We may never know the end. <laughs> God, I, that was a great ending. I didn't see it coming. <laughs> so there's flying humanoids in Chicago. So get ready for your next visit. I think maybe an airplane flew over Chicago with a lot of hallucinogens. You know, maybe it did a hallucinogen, a hallucinogen drop. That is a tongue twister. That is, that is kind of interesting. I would love if Batman was real. I really would. I mean... I know Brandon real, and Jeff would super love if that totally. was real. But like if he if he was real, like where's he been? Like what have you been doing? There's been a lot going on. Can you please help? <laughs> help us, please. Was Trump particularly bad in 2017? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's hard. It's all a blur. It's all blurred. It's, it's all, a blur of badness. Like every time you're like, okay. It was like, <gasps> oh, please close your mouth. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, there's there's a bunch of weird ones, but I figured I would I would uh, kind of narrow in on that guy. But definitely check out this article from Urban Matter. Twinkies also come from Chicago. That was another interesting thing. Yes. That I found. So who doesn't like that? Uh, but yeah. So that's that is that. I and did it. I would like to remind our listeners to go and check out our merch. Uh, in case you want to pick a little something up. Maybe for Mother's Day. Maybe your mom is a true crime addict. You never know. Pick up a that bitch mug. And give it to that bitch. And give it to her. My mom's going to be so mad. I was like, you should listen to this one. This is a good one. She's going to, she listens to these on night shift. She's going to be like, damn it, Megan. I almost got all the way through without hating it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not hating it. She doesn't hate it, but you know, supportive mom all the way. Love a supportive mama. Hates my language. Sorry, mom. (laughs) And uh, also, we are in the process of 
coming out with something new for you guys yeah. that will be announced soon. Also, uh, hit up the Patreon. Yes. We got some cool stuff on there, like a Discord. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got some shout outs. Yeah, girl. We got bonus episodes. So, girl. And we got a free merch. And we got free merch. And what's better than that? And I also learned recently, and I haven't even told you this yet. Um, if you like us, please give us a review with the little stars on Apple Podcasts. And so, so also sad. just write us a little message. You don't have to write anything like you're the greatest thing in the whole wide world. We know that you love us. It's cool. But literally just write hi or hello or write your favorite episode because the more that we get writing out there, mm-hmm. because I, I guess the way the algorithm works is that the more people actually write comments, like, I guess, even if you like hate us, like write a comment, um, because we'll still get exposure. So we greatly appreciate any little thing you want to write, do we it We appreciate up. you. And we appreciate you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed this episode. And we'll see and, you next time. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Fancy Town Crimes. Our cover art and editing is by me, Taylor Adams. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Fancy Town Crimes. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share with us, email us at fancytowncrimespodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you like this show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It's the best way to spread the news. If you'd like to show your support and get a shout out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the shenanigans going.